This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Dr. Kevin Coughlin and Ascent Dental Radio. Today, I have another super guest for the next 20 minutes for another uh, amazing podcast. Uh, Ascent Dental Solutions is focused on helping the dental community market themselves, uh, improve patient relations, and uh, just improve their bottom line. Uh, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention Mr. Doug Foresta. He has helped produce over 50 podcasts for me, and without his intellect, his expertise, and uh, his uh, stick-to-itiveness, we wouldn't be here today. As important, if not more important today, we're dealing with communication issues, which to me are the fundamentals of success in any business, but in particular, my area of expertise, dentistry. Today's guest is Mr. David Wolf. He's been created director and producer of content for radio, TV, film, podcast, audiobooks, and multimedias. His clients are Amblin Universal, Disney, Discovery Channel, Southwest Airlines, Children's Medical Centers, Kidnacare, Miller Brewing, Budget Rent-A-Car, Frito-Lays, Pepsi, McDonald's, Texaco, and the list goes on and on. You may be asking yourself, why uh, would the dental profession be interested in having an expert like David speak? And I can only tell you with 35 years of practicing dentistry, owning 14 dental offices, 160 employees, that the single most significant thing that I've seen over the years is the ability to communicate with your team members and your patients. And without any further ado, David's going to uh, introduce himself and tell us what he's seen over his number of years in this field and how he can perhaps improve our ability to communicate with team members and patients. David, thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to to speak to our audience today. You are most Uh, welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Give us a little bit of background about what you've sensed and what you see uh, as far as communication in healthcare, but in dentistry in particular. Well, that's a fascinating subject because it's infused by years of producing talent, uh, singers, speakers, uh, musicians in the context of of pure communication, which is, you know, music and audio for advertising and communications and training films. So, 
my perspective is is somewhat skewed to the entertainment uh, preparation or production side of the business. As a uh, as an observer of uh, those who I've encountered in the medical profession and also you know in dentistry, uh, I think and uh, we were talking offline about this as well. I think that because of the nature of the work and the, the nature of the type of minds that have to uh, that enter those fields. Uh, I think from a personality perspective, they tend to be very scientific. And I would check this with you to see if you agree. I know you've been in the industry for more than 35 years. I, would you agree that, that most of the folks, it seems to me, tend to be more, let's call them introverted. They're really measured by their grasp of technology and emerging technology in dentistry. And then they're with that immersement, they're then almost um, tasked to come up for air and talk to mere mortals as they're sitting in the chair ready for a procedure. Do I have this right? I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, we're all somewhat prone to this idiosyncrasies. We we focus on the minutia. We focus on uh, infinitesimally small areas of the human anatomy. And many times we lose sight of the actual patient. We're not actually listening to what they're telling us or what they actually want. And I think in today's competitive market in medicine and dentistry, the ability to be able to connect what I call BLT, you want your team and your patients to believe in you, you want them to like you, and you want them to trust you. And in order to accomplish that task, there are certain areas of expertise that you bring to the table that maybe you can help our listeners learn uh, from your uh, your teaching standpoint. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. So, and you hit it on the end, on the head rather, with BLT, because at the end of the day, what I've learned, if I've learned anything in my 30 or so years in the communication space, is that for the most part, we're emotional beings and the communications and this connection that we make, the belief, the like, and um, uh, T was trust. Forming that foundation in a relationship, it's all about emotion. And so how do we communicate emotion in a world that is somewhat technical and there is a, there's sometimes a clock running and, and there's a procedure to be done and there's a lot of preparation. It almost, from my perspective, might require that the practitioner almost compartmentalize a bit and as I said earlier, come up for air and understand that, okay, now I'm going to speak to this patient in emotional terms. I'm going to to use my voice in ways, almost the tone, and you know, one of the things I do is I coach people around the use of their voice. I call this program the power of voice. So there's some fascinating sort of things about the voice that, you know, despite the fact that we use it for 80% of everything we do, no matter what business we're in or vocation or avocation we're in, we, we rarely think about it. We just assume, oh, this is my voice. This is what uh, I've been given uh, and born with, and I'll just use it however I can use it. But very few people really think or examine or even practice simple uh, aspects of their vocal mechanism. And I think some of this could apply to uh, the uh, practitioners that uh, that are listening here that that uh, to better understand how their voice affects the emotions of the patient in the chair. Uh, I would tell you that uh, some of the things that I've seen is uh, in my particular organization, uh, we see over 938 new patients a month. And over and over again, I hear the same thing. 
how come no one ever explained this before? How come no one ever told me this before? And when you're talking about the inflections and the tones in your voice, I would tell you that over and over again, I hear the same thing, and that is, I didn't notice any empathy. The practitioner explained the A, the B, and the C, but that there was no uh, inflection, no empathy, no real concern. It was a matter of fact, they need A, they need B, they need C, and the cost is D. And I think many times we as clinicians miss that connection that people, as you mentioned, they want that emotion. They want to know that you care. They assume that you already know how to do the A, the B, and the C, that you're clinically astute. But what they really want to pay for, what they really want is you to connect with them emotionally and and understand why they want what they want and how come they need what they need. And that's been my 35 years of experience, and sometimes myself included in this, uh, we miss that because we're on the clock or because we've done it so many times. Are there specific tips or training uh, drills that you can uh, suggest for the whole healthcare? But I, I believe it applies to anyone who deals with people. Well, I think you're right. I'm glad you asked because I have a lot of notes ready for us today around some specifics. Uh, you know, we've been kind of nibbling at the edge of this. We've established that it's an emotional connection we need to make. But how do you do that with your voice in the context of a practice? And by the way, I would say also, uh, Dr. Coughlin, that this applies to speaking to in public. It even applies to guys like you that and I that do podcasts and Doug that are on mic, mic technique. It really applies to a lot. And I'm a student of this stuff. I'm working on it all the time, even though I help others uh, accomplish it. So here goes. So I have a, a, a list of things I like to call the elements of voice, and that includes breathing and tone, melody and pitch modulation, word formation, rhythm, pacing, phrasing, and then this thing we call filler words, which may not as much relate to this emotional content that we're talking about with respect to empathy. Some of these traits or some of these elements of voice absolutely do inform the emotional content of our voice. So if, if I may, maybe, maybe I'll demonstrate a few of these things. What's amazing, and, and I'm, uh, again, I'm a student of this as well, as you pointed out, uh, you are, after even 35 years, we're always students, right? So few of us have really thought about how we breathe. Unless you've played trombone or some wind instrument in band when you were in, in uh, grammar school or high school, no one ever taught us that we really need to breathe from our abdomens. And almost think of the abdomen as a balloon. That uh, And the first step in breathing is not the inhale, but the exhale. So what we're doing is we're clearing we're exhaling out as much as we can. There'll always be some air in our lungs because that's what is required to keep them inflated. But to clear the lungs out to a comfortable level and then allow them organically or naturally to reinflate. So what I've been practicing lately as I've gotten more and more into studying this is putting my hand sort of right around my navel and, and really feeling the expansion of my abdomen in a way that maybe feel a little silly. And, you know, many of us are weight conscious, right? So if you've got a little belly, you're like, well, you know, I've been taught and conditioned socially to hold in my stomach all the time. So for me, that was a little bit of a, you know, I work on my weight. But, uh, but push the stomach out as you exhale and really pull it in. So it's lower than your chest. What happens when we, so much of us project or, or, or create the stream of air that our vocal uh, folds use to create sound, 
we tend to focus in our neck area and in our chest area. And so where this folds into what we're talking about with empathy is that if there's enough sufficient breath to support the stream of air as you talk to a patient or as you're talking to someone in public, I believe that the that, that support that you're providing, your vocal tone, will feel more soothing to the recipient. So that's just one example of, of breathing. I, I could tell you, David, also, uh, another thing that I saw is the physical presence uh, of a dentist or any healthcare provider in their cubicle or operatory. Uh, I've been a student, not as astute as yourself, but I I videotape a lot of the presentations that occur uh, in a, a medical setting. And one of the things that I noticed is often the practitioner is standing and the patient is sitting. And immediately you're creating a, a dominance. And I strongly recommend that you you take a look at not just the tone and the breathing, but the physical space that you're in and try not to impinge by being too close or too far away. And I, I talk to my students, uh, my staff, my team members, and say, try to be eye-to-eye contact. Try to stay within a, a, an arm's length or three or four feet from the individual and talk eye-to-eye rather than looking down or looking up at them. Would you agree with some of those comments? Absolutely. You know, we have we can't ignore the fact that communication is multidimensional. And so in a room with a patient or with anyone, for that matter, a very high degree of adaptivity to what they're comfortable with is called for here. And so in a world where that is very procedurally driven, which is the world most of you uh, live in, I think, in the medical space, you almost have to step out of that and suddenly become highly adaptive. Now, I may have that wrong. It may be that even though you're dealing with known anatomy, you go into a mouth or a, a cavity or a gum a periodontal situation, you may have a whole, a whole lot of adaptiveness that's required in order to treat. So I may have misspoken on this, but, but, but th- these levels of sensitivity about hierarchy and uh, body language are all a part of the communications process. Of course, I'm focusing on the voice, uh, which is only one component. The visual, uh, yes, bottom line is I absolutely agree with uh, that premise. It's a total communications process. David, are there actual courses out there that you teach that can give uh, more instrumental techniques? Is there uh, ways that people can touch base with you to learn uh, some of these uh, tactics that that really, I hate to say we try to sell to people, but in the world that I live in, we're all selling something. And in my opinion, selling is good, providing it's done ethically and honestly. I've never looked at selling as bad. I think I'm selling myself on this podcast. You're selling your techniques to people. But so long as they're done with the idea of providing value and a service and to improve the way we connect with people, I looked at it as something very good, and uh, I appreciate the expertise. So how do they get in touch with you? How do they reach out to learn more about these techniques to improve their accepting the patient and the patient accepting them? 
Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Dr. Coughlin. And by the way, I listen to your podcast regularly, and, and I know that uh, you, you um, really you're sharing great and valuable information that you believe in. That's what I'm trying to get to there. So, so thank you for including me in the fold there. Uh, the way folks can get a hold of me about and learn more about this program I call The Power of Voice is they can reach me at uh, www.podcastandradio.com podcastandradio.com and the word and is spelled out and uh, there's a contact me area or a page on that site there's also a little bit of an explanation about the power of voice and I do coaching I'm developing a, um, a, a course that will be ultimately sold online as well and a lot of exciting developments around all of this as an adjunct to my background so thank you for inviting me in no, David, thank you. For our listeners here, sometimes I like to digress from the technical aspects because I think sometimes more important than the technical aspects of healthcare is the people aspects of healthcare. And I think we take with a grain of salt uh, what we should probably spend more time on, and that's patients come to us to listen to explanations, options, the risks, the benefits, and the alternatives. And unfortunately, if we're going to provide the highest level of care and service, the ability to communicate, the ability to connect, and the techniques to make us better at it are many times completely overlooked in the health and medical profession. And bringing experts like David Wolf and his programs to our listeners, I think, is a great boon to our profession and to our patients. Uh, David, with your expertise in the creative director and producer, we need people like you in our healthcare profession to make us connect better and more efficiently with our patients and I can't thank you enough. Please don't hesitate to reach out and get to uh, David at smallbizamerica at gmail.com. You've been listening to Dr. Kevin Coughlin, Ascent Dental Solutions, where the focus is on knowledge, consultation, training, and development. And in closing, my great thanks to Mr. Doug Foresta. Stand up and be heard. Without his expertise, these podcasts would not take place. Thanks again, and I look forward to speaking to everyone soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.